This is the Rich Eisen Show. Who are our two favorite sound bites in the NFL, gents? The Mike NFL. Tomlin. That's one. And Jerry Jones. Hey, hey we've got fresh sound bites from both. Hey. The Rich Eisen Show. We expect him to have a serious load. Well, you know, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, Michigan Center Andrew Vistardis. Still to come. Founder of the QB Summit, Jordan Palmer. Former Pro Bowl linebacker, Ryan Shazier. Plus, producer and DJ, Steve Aoki. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Devin McCourty of the New England Patriots, who is going to get out there in western New York in a monster Week 13 Monday night finale. Uh, Week 13 kicks off, uh, as we know, tomorrow night between the Cowboys and the Saints. Devin McCourty is going to join us in this hour, but joining us right here on the Rich Eisen Show in person, along with my guys Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo and TJ Jefferson in his spot as well. Joining us right here on the Rich Eisen Show is the man who has formed the QB Summit, and he is one of the top quarterback consultants in the sport of football. Good to see you in person. Jordan Palmer, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, you've got some kids at the collegiate level who you are counseling and you mm-hmm. are making better who can win the national championship this year. Walk me through the, the names of the guys that you This is interesting. I mean, one, congratulations on all your success. I'm not um, talking about this. I'm talking about Michigan thank you. being is my legitimately I've legitimate. They are legitimately legitimate, huh? They're not. They didn't get really lucky three weeks. The Big Ten's not having the worst year ever, and therefore Michigan's shooting in. I mean, it's they're legitimately good, so... Uh, it's been awesome, man. Cade McNamara has been a guy I've been around since he was little. JT Daniels at Georgia. It's been a very interesting year with him getting hurt and then Stetson Bennett playing at a really high level. Um, I think we may end up looking back on this defense and saying it's one of the best defenses ever mm-hmm. in Georgia. And so JT's been a guy I spent a lot of time with. And Desmond Ritter, you know, as, a, as it sits right now, has finally been, been able to get over that hump and be a, a, a non-group of five or whatever it is where mm-hmm. Cincinnati's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and so, yeah, it's been a blast to be able to watch that and Bryce Young in Alabama. So it's been, it, it's going to be this year. It's very quarterback heavy, where the quarterbacks are big reasons for for why things are happening, and it makes it really fun to watch. So obviously, it's it's not a one size fits all way of grooming a quarterback. Yeah. It's 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 who they are. It's what beats inside. It's obviously neck up. It's the God given ability, and so on and so forth. Cade McNamara, you said you've known him since a kid, right? Was Little guy, one. yeah, sixth grade, yeah, sixth grade. Yeah. Honestly, like probably spend as much time with Kate as anybody. It just, the fa- the family never missed a camp. He was always, he was living in Reno, mm-hmm. always coming back down. By no means was he ever the guy where you said, he's going to be, you know, God graced him with, he's not 6'5". He doesn't have the craziest arm I've ever seen. He doesn't run a 4'2". Uh, he's just got a little something different in him, the way he competes. Uh, the, way and the way he comports he pursu- himself, hmm. not just in the moment, but when a microphone's in front of him, he just... It, it oozes, the leadership oozes out of him. So what is his challenge to try and, you know, cash in this house money that's been handed to the Michigan Wolverines right now with that win over Ohio State and the opportunity yeah. to actually take it all right now? If you think about, like, what has he done well, what he's done well is handle difficult situations well. Right, they're not winning because he's sprinting to his right and throwing it sixty yards across the field to his left, making crazy plays. Mm-hmm. He's not turning it over. He's making great decisions. Um, I think he's got three or four turnover-worthy plays since he's been the starter, going back to I last re- year. I can remember them all. Yeah, that's, that's how they stand out yeah. because yeah. they're they're outliers. Basically, yeah. they kind of shock you when you're it happens. Like the one Ohio State, you're kind of like, right. oh, right, because it's because he's not risky with it. Um, so I think what it is is it's maximizing this opportunity of it's not it's the balance of can control those turnover-worthy plays, but also when to be aggressive. And that's just something usually guys learn as they get into the NFL. Um, but really cerebral, really competitive, really mature kids do that well in college. Cade's done that well so far in college. He's got to do that for a couple more weeks. What can you share with me what Harbaugh tells him? What can you share about a relationship between coach and quarterback that you're willing to share right here? Well, I think the irony, I think the irony is Cade's got a lot of – from what I don't know, Harbaugh as a player. I was there freshman year. They rem- he's got a lot. Is of- that where the picture you running from? <laughs> no, that's where a tie to school. That is definitely not me in school. <laughs> no, that's me as an older man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, older, faster man. Thank you, sir. Um, 
Thank you. Uh, I think from what I hear, Harbaugh, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, the way that, like, it, in 2021, kids care a lot about perception and social media and likes and the how things are, you know, perceived. Like, Kate doesn't. It's very old school. He doesn't really care about Instagram. He doesn't really care about any of that stuff. He's trying to win. And so I think what, what Cade was able to do is kind of mirror what Jim wanted was this all ball, don't care about any of the other fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who he is naturally. Cade didn't have to act like that. And so I think that's two things where those guys, um, again, I went around Jim as a player, but I see a lot of those things where Jim's, Jim's uh, I know guys used to talk about how well, he was always competitive in these situations where they shouldn't have been competitive. Like the QB challenge, right? He's the guy who took it more serious. Kid kind of takes everything really serious too. He competes in everything. Well, what is it like then to watch a kid in JJ McCarthy come running out though? How does that how does that come into the mix? So in your conversations with Cade McNamara. What I've used as an example, because I don't care who you are, if you're a competitor, I, I want to be on the field. Don't take me out. Well, I mean, pretty much every other kid that you've mentioned that you have playing in these uh, you know, uh, obviously JT Daniels is hurt, but you know, these guys don't really come off the field like Cade does sometimes. Yeah. So what I use is is Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. So Drew Brees got to a place in ten, in in New Orleans. I think Drew got to a place where he believed that Taysom going in the in the hill in this series at third down. It, you know, you've been around Drew long enough to know the competitor that Drew course, is. Yeah. I don't think Drew had interest in not playing or taking a breather, <laughs> but I think Drew had to get to a place where mentally he felt like. Taysom going in the f- field, I'm going to get to a place where I believe that I'm going to have a shorter field when I go back in. This is going to be a good thing for our offense. This is going to move us. It's a very difficult thing for quarterbacks to deal with. One of the things I saw in the game on TV last weekend, mm-hmm. JJ, uh, who I've, I've spent time with JJ. I think JJ's going to be a star. It's awesome. JJ has a little zone read, and they had number 14, the little guy, mm-hmm. kind of stock block, and he goes down the sideline, and JJ drops a dime. Yeah, he did. Right in there. And there's very slow-mo cut of a legitimate Cade pointing on. Where's the camera at? Yeah, right there. Cade, like, great ball fired up. You know what I mean? And I think that's the growth where you're going, he's so locked in on us scoring on this drive, I don't care who gets us down there. And I think you got to be able to get there if you're going to win a championship. You can have a good offense doing that, but to win a championship, you've got to really get there, and I think Cade's there. Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, the quarterback summit. We'll talk about some tour dates of, of how you're taking your show on the road in a moment right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Trevor Lawrence, where where is he in your estimation, and how do we view his first 11 starts in the NFL right now? How you know, do you every, every rookie who ends up playing has a different uh, – has a different start. We've seen guys start hot. We've seen a ton of guys start a lot worse than Trevor. Really, I mean, when you're the number one pick, you're taking over a team who earned the number one pick. And so you have the roster, um, you know, a roster that needs to be developed and all that. What, what I look at it, Trevor, is how many, how often are you making the same deci- the same decisions, good ones or bad ones, over and over again? Um, I think there are certain interceptions that every quarterback has to throw to know they can't throw that ball, meaning – if I've got, a, let's say, a sail route, and I think I can get it over the corner, the the, the, the cornerback, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. I did in college. I'm not sure in the league. Like, you throw that, that corner picks it off. Like, okay, that registers. I, I can't. That That's not a throw I can make. Or back late across the middle on a naked. There's just those certain throws. you got to kind of do it. Coach can tell you not to do it, but you got to do it, feel it to be able to harness that. I don't see Trevor making a lot of the same mistakes twice. I see him being aggressive, pushing the ball down the field, trying to execute this offense quickly. Roster-wise, they're going to continue to evolve. This is year one, new staff, new everything. Uh, But I just don't see Trevor making a lot of the same mistakes over and over again, which means I see him progressing. And at no no point did the game seem too big or too fast or too hard or too complex. So I, I think he's progressing nicely, and I don't. I think everyone should be patient. Well, the nine losses that uh, they have this year matches the number of losses that Urban had in his entire tenure at Ohio, State, at Ohio State right now, and so he's not used to losing, and neither is Trevor. How how's how's he handling? Trevor the losses? was eighty six. I think it was eighty six and four high mm-hmm. school college combined. Right. So now he's lost twice yeah. the number of games he's ever lost in his entire life in the span of three months. Yeah. How's he handling that? Um, I, I think it's funny when that ESPN article came out and people talked about what does he mean he doesn't have to compete against other people. I just think Trevor is very self-confident. He knows what he knows, believes what he believes about himself. Mm-hmm. And what he believes right now, what I believe about him is this is part of your rookie year. You got to learn. Whether you're 12 and 4, 4 and 12, you got to learn. 
And so there's so much that can happen over the course of this first year where you can still learn and evolve even though it doesn't show up in stats or doesn't show up in wins or losses. So from my perspective, from across the country watching on TV, I feel like I'm seeing him progress, not make the same mistakes twice, and I don't have any concerns about his confidence moving Okay, forward. it's not his confidence. What about the scheme around him? What about the staff that's there? I mean, we're talking – you hear – Stuff out of Jacksonville, Urban uh, brought in some college guys, and there's the pro guys, and there's a lot of bashing about that. And there's your prize prospect sitting right in the middle of all that. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that happens, and, and why you have to be so mature to play quarterback at the NFL level, is you have to deal with so many things that people like us can sit around and speculate and talk about. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to handle those, whether you're 21 or 31. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares, right? Once they pick you number one, or they give you a bunch of money, they don't care how old you are. Mm -hmm. And so. I don't know all the things that are going on there, but I would just bet on his maturity, what he's been through. Mm -hmm. I feel like being the face of college football for a couple of years is bigger than being the face of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the magnitude of it and the eyeballs. So I just think he's so well positioned to whatever the good stuff that's going on, whatever the issues they're having, like that's the kind of guy you want to put in there. Not somebody who's going to kind of stir it up or put stuff out in the, in the public, but somebody who's going to internally handle it and develop it. And so I don't know all the stuff that's going on in Jacksonville, but I just, I, I bet on Trevor that he can kind of like write that ship. Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen show. I'm sure you saw it on Thanksgiving night. There was a split screen on the NBC broadcast of the body angle that Josh mm -hmm. Allen was throwing from when he was in college mm -hmm. and what he looks like right now. Like mm -hmm. um, where in college, it looked like he was like Dwight Freeney coming around the end. You know what I mean? Like almost <laughs> at a 45 degree angle. Right. Yeah. And now he's just like, as I call him, like the Mandalorian standing tall back there mm -hmm. and firing away. W what do you think he still needs to work on as we were talking about him as an MVP candidate coming in this season, early part of the season, not so much right now what are what are your two cents on that if you're as a guy who's been getting him upright and getting him going yeah. prior to his pro career Jordan. I, th I think i mean as good as that roster is i know tredavious white will, time will tell how big of a loss that was it's got to be a big one that guy's a great player but mm -hmm. uh that roster is really really solid that's a team that can go all the way uh that's a quarterback that can take them all the way i just think for them it comes down to consistency and um that shows up in execution and defense and tackling all the different phases of the game so as a quarterback, you got to own all the consistency side of it. And the way that that usually plays out is in decision-making mm -hmm. and moving and throwing are you doing the same things. And so I think this year, um, I, I don't know that his, I'm not speaking, I don't know that his goal was to be, it was MVP or bust. I think it was Super Bowl or bust. And the reality is, is you can build on those and learn from it throughout the year. So Josh is continuing to evolve. He showed the level he can play at. And uh, as that team continues to, kind of find this year's identity last year it was so much digs and josh and right and this year other guys are stepping up dawson knox has emerged they don't more. run it though they hardly run yeah. it you know like he's their running back mm -hmm. it seems like you know with due respect to everyone else mm -hmm. out there so I, I i i sometimes feel like so much is put on him yeah and he feels the need to do the proverbial do too much yeah like is that a, a real conversation to be had between you know quarterback guru and and prospect 100 i think when you play when you play quarterback you um you, you're in control of risk mitigation running backs not running back can fumble mm -hmm. can make a play or can just run into the back of the guard and get two yards but the quarterback's in charge of that risk mitigation right when am i going to press it when am i <laughs> going to be a little bit more conservative and when you get the truly competitive like the elite competitive like the guy that i wouldn't want to fight competitive yeah. guys um it takes time and reps to be able to really control that and so in that moment okay so a couple years ago they i think it was they blew a lead versus deshaun watson and texans kind of took some sacks tried to make a play that wasn't there in the playoffs you're playoffs yeah this. like try to make a play that wasn't there they got screwed by a, a crazy uh call in the middle of overtime as well but yes that's right I, it yes. all blurred together no but me, there but were times where yes where he was making trying a play to do too much. that may not be there to be made right right and so sometimes throwing the ball out of bounds is mm -hmm. the best possible outcome for this play that's been an area where i've just seen josh physically the side-by-side -side comparison can show you but that's where i've seen the evolution of him which is why I had pretty high expectations for the Buffalo Bills this year, and they actually, despite a game or two here or there, they haven't changed for me because I bet by the time these games get very serious, starting on Monday night, that we're going to really see that version where 
No, in those moments, he's making the right decision all the time. Well, you know, Belichick's going to put him in that position. Mm -hmm. He's going to put him in the position of trying to take the cheese. He's going to put him in the position of trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly how to scheme that sort of thing. We have Devin McCourty coming up, too. I'm mm -hmm. sure that there's going to be certain plays circled in that regard. For sure. That is going to be the challenge on Monday night. Fired up for that game. I can't. I mean, these two teams, this who would have thought that this was going to be this relevant? Well, that guy over there. Over yeah. There, he's the Patriot guy over there. He chose the Patriots to win their uh, their yeah, division. Buddy. So, you know, uh, but wow. yes, he did. He actually did do that. And, you know, I just thought he was a Patriot honk. But now we're seeing Mac Jones do what he's yeah. he's doing right now. What Where does Mac Jones's rookie season rank for you seeing this it's one of the best. I, I, I don't know. I don't go off of stats a lot. But my takeaway was, and you, you have, this will be right up your alley, watching Brady at Gillette this year drive down the field and put it out again. I, just watching Mac Jones warm up on the sideline, he just had that look, and he didn't get a chance to go back in. He just had that look on his face like there was no question that they, he was going to come right back in and score. And I just remember telling people, if I was a Patriots fan, I would be stoked on how tonight went. Get the little swan song Brady, goodbye to Brady, Brady versus, when Brady came uh -huh. back in Tampa. But your young rookie just went toe-to-toe -to -toe and had no concerns for the 20-plus year. Like, that's a confident dude. And I, I get that he played at Bama, and he's an Elite 11 kid. He's been around it. But I'm still continually blown away by just how quickly Mac is advancing. It's, a, it's awesome. It's six straight dubs for him, and, and he runs it with – Incredible efficiency. Kurt Warner said he's doing more in this offense in his first year than what was asked of Brady in his first year in the offense. He's doing more is what he oh, said. Oh, yeah, I would say not close for sure. Yeah, I mean, just the, the little things. Like he hit Hunter Henry on a little quick little slant. You watch it on TV, it looks like he threw a slant to Hunter Henry. No, he didn't. He looked left in a way that made number 56 run and fall as he, as he brought his eyes back. Hit Hunter Henry out of his breath. It's just the way he's manipulating defenses with his eyes. I love it. Most rookies are trying to memorize the play and then trying to memorize what their job is and where they should go. Right. I just don't see Mac Jones doing that. I see Mac Jones right now already having all that taken care of and starting to manipulate the defense and, and use his eyes in ways that I just rookies don't usually do. So with the way that the defense is playing, do you think they can win the Super Bowl this year? I still think it's going to be really difficult for them to beat. Buffalo in a way where they can advance in the playoffs. I think it's going to be tough, but it's just because I haven't seen, you know, haven't seen this is all it. new New England doing. I've been watching Buffalo be, play really well for a couple of years now. Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's your diagnosis of what's going on with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? Well, I, I think I'll say this. When it comes to the draft, I think we might have talked about this. When mm -hmm. it comes to drafting quarterbacks, guys are busts, guys are not busts. I believe that teams bust on developing the quarterback more than the player was a bust I'm, I, by the way Baker Mayfield but I'm not combining those two but when we evaluate quarterbacks yes. did it work did it not the times when it didn't work I think it has more to do with what the team did to develop now in Baker's case and a lot of guys where I would put on that list it he just had a lot of different things Hugh Jackson his first year and then that gets fired and then Freddie Kitchens takes over and then now here and then they add in OBJ and they also add in a great roster he's got a great offensive line great run game great defense so it's all. It's just a lot, and, right? And, and in that regard, it the newness of last year it blossomed so well with Stefanski and without Odell, I mm -hmm. must say. But it blossomed so well. They make the playoffs. They boat race the Steelers out. Mm -hmm. They go to Kansas City and really gave the Chiefs a heck of a game in that divisional round. And it's just been regressed right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's been it's been a step backwards, mm -hmm. right? And so the consistency that you're saying that might have been missed was actually, in a way, there this mm -hmm. year, although Odell was in and then out. That's the biggest question. The first couple of years, mm -hmm. it's just hard, I, it's just hard for me to evaluate a guy when every year it's completely different, right? Mm -hmm. And this is now coming off of two years where it was a lot of consistency and haven't seen them take that next step. I was pretty surprised. I thought I thought they'd be rolling on offense. You know, I thought their ability to run the ball and play action. And look, Baker's... Baker's accurate. He can push the ball down the field. He's proven that. This guy was a walk-on twice in the Heisman finalist three times. I mean, I don't, I'm not wondering whether or not he can throw it, but I am wondering what that piece is that has not allowed them to yeah. you know, continue to grow from last year. So are we. Great. I know the general manager, Andrew Berry, said today that there's a, something missing in the passing game. The passing game is not firing right mm -hmm. now. And, of course, you look at the quarterback for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So 
when you, whatever film you do see of, of Baker, what are you seeing that's either firing or not? Uh, you know, I mean, what, like, what is, what is, what is it for, for Browns fans to kind of hang their hat on? Who are certainly some Browns fans are saying, let's get Case Keenum out there right mm. now. What yeah. do you think from what you might be? I seeing? haven't studied them too much. What I will say is, what you have to be able to do in this league at an elite level if you're going to continue to progress is you have to be able to throw into tight windows from tight spaces. And that's something where I've I've always wondered, because he didn't do it a lot at Oklahoma because of the system. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Dudes were wide open. We look at who he was throwing to. Kind of all went first or second round. right? Mark Andrews was his tight end. Hollywood, these different guys. So that it's throwing from tight spaces into tight windows. We were talking about Cade McNamara from Michigan earlier. Yes. That's what he's done well this year. It's not the crazy plays. It's tight spaces, tight windows. That's been a thing for Baker where I evaluate a lot of these guys coming in. And if they haven't done it in college, maybe they just didn't weren't put in a position to do it. Doesn't mean they can't. I think that would probably be the one area that I would point to and go, I don't know that I've seen a ton of progression there. Doesn't mean that it's not going to progress. Everyone's going to miss a deep ball every now and then. That happens. But it's that throwing from tight windows, throwing into tight windows from tight spaces. Typically bigger guys have an easier job with it. But at some point, everybody's got to be able to do that because that's how most third downs so I think the question is, because part of the issue for Baker is he's drafted first overall in a draft that does include, again, one of your clients and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, Lamar. who are just phenomenal and guys who can say, I'm taking it over. Yep. I'm taking it over with my legs and my arm. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to win games. Mm-hmm. And Lamar won an MVP in that way. And he's even better passing now. So is it possible in this day and age that somebody can have that blossoming? It doesn't have to be both ways, two ways with arms and legs, but just a blossoming into Mm -hmm. dynamic franchise, taking it over no matter what's going on on defense or running game tonight. For somebody to do that in years five through eight of their NFL career. 100%. So what's happened is from uh, media and fans and fantasy football and instant gratification, I need to know right now. Right. And we were so quick to cast guys aside. You know, second year, he's not even he's not even good. Development doesn't have a timeline, right? We can create a timeline and say, well, if they don't, if they're not good by year three, then, right, based off contracts. But, I mean, my brother had a great run in Cincinnati and then it was tough for a while in Oakland. And then, you know, Bruce Arians and Larry Fitzgerald and the right pieces. And all of a sudden, poof, he's in the NFC Championship runner-up for MVP. And that was like year 12, right? right? Uh, Alex Smith's. His best statistical year was in Kansas City after seven coordinators in San Francisco. I think it was legitimately seven coordinators in San Francisco. Well, yeah, because he had got to a place where it wasn't just he had good wideouts. The development had peaked and matched what's around him. So I just, guys who are two, three, four years in who haven't had success yet, I just think it's way too early to throw in the towel. I want to see them in a good situation. And before I have evaluate. I, I just have a hard time evaluating somebody in a bad situation. So then put it in a point is is – is Baker in a bad situation right now? No, I, I think the first couple of years was any number one pick is going to have, is mm-hmm. going to have a lot of turnover and a lot of that right. stuff. But no, I think this last year and a half has been a good situation from, again, not in the of locker course. room, no, don't no, know the ramifications right. and stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's a situation where you could go, yeah, you'd want to see some success out of this. And how about Cleveland with him? You you think Cleveland should stick with him? You know, they're at that, that point in time of, you know, having to give a long-term yeah. deal and stuff like that. What do you think of that front? I don't know if I have an opinion on that. I, I would okay. just always err on the side of if you have invested a lot of I don't even care about the money because you're putting you're spending the money one way or another right right yeah right invested this much time and resources and reps and built around it I, I'm I always err on the side of give it another year right like just because everyone else is impatient do we think this guy can what are the issues do we think we can get him there mm-hmm. and if we can let's invest in those resources the side by side of Josh Allen used to throw throw now they put great resources around them they are open to all of it. They hired a great quarterback coach in Ken Dorsey. They they weren't concerned with how many people haven't improved accuracy. Yes, they built Brandon Bean built something to improve the accuracy. So, so uh, before I let you go, the QB summits coming yeah. to potentially a town near everybody listening and watching. Yeah, I I mean? always ran camps out here, and it's been awesome. And uh, when COVID, it made it tough before, and so yeah, I'm going to do a tour around the country, 12 stops, 10 cities, and I'm um, going to announce it next week. And 
Run it like a tour. Where can people find out when you announce it next week? Um, it'll be uh, on QBSummit.com. QBSummit.com. Yep. And what does that mean coming to town? Like you can come out? So and- I, I run camps. I keep them at 40. Sure. I take all the stuff that I do with older guys, yeah. um, but it's for, for 10 to 17-year-olds. Okay. I've ran probably 30 of these um, locally over the last few years. Sure. And I've just ramped it up and and, uh, and made it really cool. And and uh, it's just it's really kind of more of like a transformative thing. It's a weekend where – they're going to get exposure to what it really takes to play quarterback and the tools to be able to do it instead of a bunch of drills. Ten to seventeen-year-olds. So yeah. Let's go. Young let's pups. develop and let's let's go. Young pups. So you'll be able to say like you. I'm would. getting old because I got a bunch of like players whose kids come now. Who's that? We got well, like my my brother's kid. I've trained sure. Mark Brunell's boys, Josh McCown's boys. Like just these other like these players. Wait, kids. Hold on, hold on a second. There's more McCowns. There's more McCowns. <laughs> How There's many more McCowns can there possibly be? Twenty-six of them, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, hey, Luke's got some baller sons. Yeah. I bet little Owen's a baller. I bet so you'll be able to come on this show years from now, and like you just said about Cade McNamara, I've known him since the sixth grade. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, at uh, at this, so you go to qbeachsummit.com and you can follow Jordan Palmer on Twitter at JW Palms. I do it. You should as well. Good to see you here, sir. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for anytime, Jordan Palmer, right here on the Rich Rich Eisen Show. When we come back, Devin McCourty of those rampaging Patriots, and on that defensive side of the ball. Coming up next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, it's JB Smoover here at Media Day in Houston, and we're on to the patch, baby. What's up, Tom? How you doing? You are 10 in the handsome world, right? Would you trade in three of your handsome points to get back at them damn giants? Yes. I trade them all. Hey. Cliff Brothers, too, man. Cliff, hey, Cliff Tim Brothers. Cliff Tim Brothers. See this? Character, character. Please give me something I can take to these movie executives to convince them why we need a black unicorn movie. You look at this crowd of white unicorns, and all you see is this big, black, handsome unicorn standing there looking like Black Beauty. It's the best strip club in Boston. In Gronk's basement. Be honest. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm gonna go down there and talk to your coach, and I'm gonna tell that man, this man is, is electrifying. He has to touch the ball way more than that. Okay? I'm gonna go down and tell him. All right, that's on you, though. No, don't tell, don't tell him my no, coach. No, I'm gonna say we talked about it. <laughs> nah, you can't tell no, him. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh. Now we did, we did talk about it. She come by my house, my barn, and all I had is black unicorn, and no one wanted it because nobody. 
didn't want that black uniform. Because it was different. You're a tough cookie, man. What cookie would that be? A ginger snap, a fig newton, a vanilla wafer, a chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate Give me a chip. cookie. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate chip, chip all day. Here. All day. I figured that. All day. At first, I thought he might be more of a fig newton guy, but he's more of a chocolate chip guy. You see what happens? Devin or Jason? Death. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. You got a twin brother who plays for the Titans. Now, how the hell do everybody in here know it's you and not damn Jason? There's really no way to tell, though, honestly, because Coach Belichick doesn't even know the difference. I don't want no parent trap stuff going on. <laughs> no, nah, I'm better than him, so I can't let him go out there and play for me. Can't okay, do Jason. Oh, they that. become one. Now, that speaks to us. Now, me and Girl has trouble at home, too. Oh, man. That's a great story, man. And we need Queen Latifah to beat them all. How many? We shut this place down, baby. Rich Eisen Show, J.B. Smooth, Super Bowl 51. You know how we do. Houston, we got a problem. Fun stuff on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire archive, 325,000 subscribers, strong and keeping on growing. We greatly appreciate uh, everybody who's doing all of that. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the show. you got to be so fired up when you hear him talk about Mac Jones like oh, that, Chris. Man. Also, I just you look know? at the stats, too. Mac Jones has... Eight games this year with a 95 or better passer rating. Right. He's number one in the NFL, tied with a bunch of other guys, including Aaron Rodgers. He's just been so efficient. It's great to watch. Sure is, man. It really is incredible to watch somebody blossom like that, unless, of course, the rest of the league is just so sick and tired of seeing the Patriots do it, but it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, too bad. You had your one year. That was it. <laughs> one yeah. year, and, and it appears one month. Yeah, first month of the this year. This is it. Sure, sure. This was it. it. It was like Houston, Dallas had the last best shot. And the Patriots took him to overtime and lost. And they haven't lost since. Yeah. Don't let him win the Super Bowl, man. I'm going to be obnoxious. Well, I'm setting the standard for that. You're seeing the way I'm acting. Yeah. You know, take that and to I, 11. And, 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 like, and I'm writing checks. I'm writing checks that I'm hoping my alma mater cashes on Saturday. But uh, Jordan, when he left, was telling me that um, what I was going to do to uh, Cade McNamara is just play zone and try and ma- have him make a mistake. He's basically going to yeah. tell Cade, just, you just be patient. And obviously Harbaugh knows that, and he's going to be in his ear doing that. And he hasn't forced much this year. He hasn't had to because he's got that absolute beast game, behind man. him yeah. in hot Haskins. Yeah, the line and the run game just carry that all the way to the Final Four, man. Right, exactly. So, uh, Devin McCourty is on the practice field right now. Okay. And I don't know if there's a human being on planet Earth who could basically tell Bill, you know, <laughs> what's, right. what's, what's going on, Bill? Time. Devin's supposed to be ready for us. So, we're in the next 28 minutes, just kind of a, a waiting game in a way, just uh, okay. doing his catch as catch can. Uh, Brian Kelly just spoke in an introductory press conference for LSU football. Bye, right? That's what you're saying, I'm right, Mikey? Lie. I mean, I'm being, I no, you, no, I like Brian because we worked with him at the draft, and he was awesome. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, I was never a fan. I'm not kidding. Dude, he's My the winningest coach in I know the history that. of Notre Dame football. I know. He, he hasn't won a championship. I'll take Holtz. Give me your Holtz, your best Holtz. See, and he again, won a championship. And again, that's the crazy and thing. Is we have reached Take the this. point. We have, again, reached the point, And I said this at the top of the show, and I'll repeat it again. We have reached the point in college football, and it's been creeping this way for a while, but we've reached the point in college football where longest tenured head coaches and winningest head coaches in the history of storied programs are leaving for bigger money, and leaving in the middle of a possible championship run because the school that wants him needs him on the recruiting trail post-haste. The December 15th early signing period, right? The signing period that's December 15th is, as of right now, less than two weeks away. 
So the minute Brian Kelly is done with this press conference and done of all it, he's probably on a plane somewhere. Going to somebody's household and looking them in the face and saying, I'm going to give you the same speech I just gave to some kid (laughs) two days ago for Notre Dame. And it's my stock speech. This is not the way he's going to say it, but it's my stock speech and I'm giving it to you. And you can believe that I'm going to be at LSU because I ain't going anywhere. And as a matter of fact, a new day has dawned here in Baton Rouge. And I'm the winningest coach in the history of Notre Dame. And I won at Cincinnati. And I won at Central Michigan. I've won everywhere I've been. Come play for me. And it's got to stink for Notre Dame, man. It's got to stink. And it stinks for those players at Notre Dame saying, don't don't buy it from this guy. I bought it from him. And look what happened. He left. But he's not leaving LSU because he's been pizzayed. And Lincoln Riley, too, man. Lincoln Riley, did you see Oklahoma compliance tweeted out last night some sort of googly-eyed um, uh, meme with the with the 100% um, emoji oh, no. basically saying that they're watching what he's doing with all of the recruits that he had oh, coming to Oklahoma. Okay, okay, I'm imagining okay. is what that meant. Got it. Yeah. There's a lot of rumors about coaches that he's brought and who's still with the program, who he's going to bring and who he's allowed to bring. And there's a lot of ugliness ugliness going on and school presidents and athletic directors and member programs and conference commissioners you're fine with this we're cool this is it it's just the cost of doing business and players are allowed to go to the transfer portal now right i guess that's their answer right but why are we making kids have to be signed by december 15th to pressurize the end of a season this is going to keep happening and like i said anybody out there who's saying this Right? Anybody out there who's saying this is a problem. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear from you that uh, players who are ditching their programs because there's nothing left to play for, they don't want to get hurt. So, you know, that's just a fascinating aspect of all this. Joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line from uh, the New England Patriots getting set to play Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills to wrap up week number 13 in the NFL is none other than a longtime pro in his 12th season out of Rutgers right now for the New England Patriots. Devin McCourty, how you doing, Devin? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I appreciate you just joining us fresh off the, the practice field right now. Um, you've been around some championship teams there, sir, um, and you've been around some teams that have uh, gotten hot and then made the Super Bowl. Is this one of those teams, do you think? I don't know, man. I would say all those teams that I've been on, uh, I would say in the process, we didn't know. And I would say some of those teams, um, you know, we had some, you know, tough times, some adversity that hit, um, where if you look back, there were a lot of people doubting and saying there was no chance of that. So um, I think all those teams, though, had one thing about it. They were willing to work hard and not worry about, you know, everything else that was going on outside, but just kind of focus on the team. And uh, that's what we've been preaching here all year, obviously starting two and four. Uh, wasn't ideal, but I think the mentality of all the guys in this locker room um, of staying focused on each other, staying focused on the team um, has uh, enabled us to, to go on a little bit of a win streak. And I think you've heard it, you know, I think in the last few weeks from a lot of different players, we want to keep that mentality and we want to keep that going. So that's the plan. So then what, what I have seen, uh, this isn't my first rodeo with the NFL, as you know, uh, I have seen many Patriots teams, certainly on defense, play this way before, but it usually – uh, it, it's right around now when it begins to gel because so many guys who come in new uh, don't understand or conceive of what the do-your-job mentality is and how this defense works. But you guys have been balling out for weeks. Why, would you say, Devin? Um, I think it's just a combination of you know guys understanding their roles, guys going out there and doing it. And I think the biggest part that we've done a better job at you know compared to the beginning season is situational football. And all of the key situations, uh, call it two-minute, where we know they're passing, they have to pass, they know it, um, and making the big plays. Or we need the ball back, we need to get a stop, uh, and they're up and they have the lead, and us getting a stop. I think those situations where the defense, you know, I don't think we were always clicking and, you know, everybody understanding where the next guy was going to be. I think we struggled a little bit early in the season. We've gotten better at that. I think trust builds from week to week, and guys trust each other playing fast, playing hard, and I think it's paying off. 
So it's not just, I think, the physical game. I think even mentally we've understood how we want to play the game better, and I think that's paid off a lot for us. But it also helps, Devin McCourty here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show prior to Monday Night Football. It also helps that you're not being put out there on a short field. This offense, and also you're also not being thrown out there um, two minutes after you get off the field. I mean, this offense has been sustaining drives. This offense has not been turning it over. It's been efficient. They do score. They also run the ball very well. And a lot of it has to do with, with obviously, you know where I'm going with this, with Mac Jones. When did you first realize he had it, Devin? Uh, I think um, I think um, in training camp, I think everyone saw that, you know, his focus, um, how he was preparing, how he took the field, reading defense. I think everyone uh, was fully comfortable with him taking the field and being our guy. Um, the whole it factor and all of that, I think that's all of him. I think he's developed that. I think he's worked hard. Um, to have that, and I think, you know, for us as a team, it's been awesome just to, to play together and play complimentary football. I think, you know, everyone's talked about how the defense is played in the beginning of the season, different things like that. But I think the biggest reason that we've been able to play better is all three phases playing together. And obviously with back in the offense, those guys understand how they want to play each week and, you know, special teams, nothing helps us out more. I think you saw even our, our game last week, you know, we started to kick off, we pinned Tennessee back because of a holding call, because of, you know, our kickoff team with Cody. Then we get a three and out, you know, Gunner gets a great return after a penalty. Then our offense has a short field. They go down and score. And I think that's how we've played. That's how we've won games. It's just a combination of all three phases playing together. Um, and I think we know that's our recipe for success, um, and we can't let that change. Well, I mean, you also know it's a quarterback-driven league, not only because of, the you know, the fact you play defense, but you've been around, uh, you know, and winning championships with the greatest of all time. And it's very difficult to compare New England offenses, certainly with a rookie, because of that alone. That's my wind-up with this pitch, Devin. Um, and that is, what similarities do you see between Mac and his predecessor and Brady? You got any? There has to be some. I, I can't, man. I, that, I, I wouldn't do that to the young man. I'm not going not gonna to compare him to that guy. But I do think, um, he's coming here with a real professional uh, mentality. He doesn't he doesn't feel like a rookie when it comes to the preparation part, talking about the game. I think he's come with that, and you know I think part of that is you know what he did at Alabama. Those guys are always playing for championships. The other guys that play quarterback in front of him are all in the NFL right now. So it's you know I don't think anything is new to him of what we're trying to do as a team, and I think that's really paid off for us. Um, and I think he he's just a focus a lot on what he needs to do on himself um and i think a lot of us as older guys kind of told him like don't change that you know that's how you become a good player in this league keep doing those things and uh you know your colleague i had matthew judon on a couple weeks ago uh devin mccourty and i'm sorry to hear that (laughs) (laughs) well this is before he trashed mac and cheese uh devin you know this is before all that i wouldn't have him on after that comment obviously um but uh, when I had him on, he mentioned, I mentioned Mac, he talked about the spirit that he takes coaching with and how that was something he noticed and has been noticed by everyone on the team. I'm wondering what about you? Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, I think that's the one position, too, in this league where, you know, egos and different things like that play a factor. And for him, it hasn't. You know, I think he's taken coaching really well. Um, and even, you know, I think for us, we I remember just talking to him about safety play and quarterback play. Um, and how much, you know, those two positions are reading each other and trying to understand each other. Um, and it was it was great just talking to him and understanding the different things he sees and me telling him some of the things that I've learned over the years of what affects a quarterback and some reads that uh, have helped me get good reads on quarterbacks when, you know, trying to throw the ball down the field. So he's always been open to that, and I think it's been great for him um, just with the experience around him, obviously with Josh and, you know, some of those guys we have on offense with Hunter and guys like that. They've been around different quarterbacks. They've been in the league for a while, um, and I think that's helped a lot. You know, when you talk about developing and, and, you know, seeing different things and getting an experience, I think that's helped him a lot. All right, and a couple minutes I have left with you, Devin McCourty. First one, uh, i got two more questions for you. First one, I'm going to go in that uh, third rail direction, which is making you talk about your coach, Bill Belichick. But you've been around, okay? You've been there for 12 years. Uh, do do you think he's got a little bit of a, a reinvigoration because of what's happening this year after last year that Mac Jones is there, that you seem to be back on the Patriot way track based on somebody who's just watching it? Do you see Belichick in any different way 
this year, Devin? Um, I wouldn't say different, but I would say last year um, left a bad taste in everybody's uh, mouth. Kind it was, it wasn't what we wanted. It, it wasn't the expectation. It wasn't the standard. Um, and I think all of us kind of walked out of here last year after that last game against the Jets. Um, happy that we won the game, but also that feeling of like, well, we don't want to be living this way again. Like I, we don't want that. And I think Bill definitely has had that approach. You know, I think you know no one wants to be on a losing team. And you know, like you said, it's my twelfth year here. I've never, I never had to experience that. And for him, he's been here for twenty something years, and they've done a lot of winning. Um, so I, I don't think anybody enjoyed last year. I think it was definitely. Um, a sense of urgency and a focus on, you know, making this year different, making this year better. And, you know, so far it has been, but uh, still a lot of football left to be played. And, you know, I think you know, like I know with Bill, you know, all of this is great, but he, he's locked in on what we need to do Monday night. Right. Um, that's all That's all he's going to talk about, and that's going to be his focus. Yeah, and it's just a week-to-week league, and he is uh, one of the greatest ever in that week-to-week yeah. league, just focusing on the week. And in that regard, you are going to wrap up week 13 in a game for the division and technically for the conference. You're playing for the division and the conference, and we just already established you didn't play in the playoffs last year. So the challenge for this week is is what for you, Devin McCourty, I, in Buffalo? I think, to, I think to stay focused on Buffalo, I think, especially in a year where, like you just said, you know, <laughs> we had no shot last year around this time. You, know, you weren't playing for much or anything, and I think now – um, not taking that for granted and understanding how, how great of an opportunity this is to just be playing for something. Um, I think we got to make sure we don't get wrapped up in that and lose sight of, you know, keeping Josh Allen in the pocket, making sure that we contain uh, all of these skilled guys, whether it's Diggs, Beasley, Davis comes in the game, Knox, uh, Sanders, keeping those guys in front, of us, uh, in front of us and not giving up the big play, not turning the ball over on offense. I think those key things – that we're going to need to do to win the game is what we need to stay focused on, not, you know, where we'll be if we lose or where we'll be if we win. Just focus on the keys and the things we talk about all week that will help us win the game. And I think that will put us where we need to be. But, um, you know, I think this is one of those weeks, and we're at that point in the season where every game means more and everybody will want to talk about, you know, a whole lot of other things other than the execution of the game plan in the game. And I think we got to make sure – that we don't let that control us and we just control the things that we need to do, uh, play our roles and do our jobs. So I'm playing the Patriots defense and special teams in my fantasy league this week, correct? I'm, I'm doing that? I, I, don't even, I don't know much about fantasy, but I'm a Patriots fan. So okay. I say, yeah, always okay. play So then do me a favor, well, just to wrap this up, when you see Bill Belichick, A, tell him I said hello, and B, I'm going to play the Patriots uh, defense and special teams <laughs> this week in my fantasy league. So uh, I'm counting on him. Very honest. I will, okay. will do, do that? Rich. I'll definitely let him know. I'm sure he's curious about it, so please do that. <laughs> Devin, thanks for the time, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have that, a good one. You bet. That is three-time Super Bowl champion and current New England Patriot, Devin McCourty, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back and uh, run through all of that before we get to another busy hour number three on our show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.
This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here. Uh, By the way, uh, we've been going at such a a breakneck speed right here on the show. Andrew Vistardis of the University of Michigan, he got the NIL deal in the first hour of our program. The center of the offensive line that blew open uh, 41 runs, the doors for 40 run runs to the tune of almost 300 yards and six rushing touchdowns. Hassan Haskins had a... Bianca Patuka like day with five. One, two, three, four, five. Right. Uh, and so he won our Gorilla Glue Toughest Player on Planet Earth NIL award this week, $1,000 and free Gorilla Glue products. And Gorilla Glue is, again, the proud presenter of the award that we give out every week. Makers of high quality adhesives and tapes, Gorilla Glue is. Much like the players that the award we're mentioning recognizes, Gorilla brings toughness and strength to even the most difficult household projects and repairs. Gorilla Glue for the toughest jobs. On planet Earth, baby, baby. All right. So there's all of that. Devin McCourty, love it. So you've got Jordan Palmer this hour saying yeah. you should be stoked if you're a Patriot fan, and you are. And how Devin McCourty's just like locked in. Yeah. Twelve years in, he's locked like, in. wouldn't say that this feels like a championship year, but you could hear it. It feels like that. I wonder. You always ask. Players like, are you talking Super Bowl in the locker room? I wonder if Bill. No way. Is, no way. No. Probably. I don't not, think so. They probably don't even say it in private at home. They probably don't even think it because they think that Belichick's recording Those their thoughts. Those two words are banned. I don't know. Super and Bowl are banned. Nobody does a better job of just focusing on week to week, hour to hour, snap to snap, like the New England. They're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's on that next game. Buffalo. Go. What a Monday nighter. Oof, what huge. a Monday oh. nighter, sir. It's a season for Buffalo, I Manning think. Manning cast will be it's awesome. a season for Buffalo. It no, is. It's not. If they lose to them. If they lose to them, then they're just a half game yes. behind them, and then they play again one more time yeah. in New England. Dude, I, I, I will not go into the knee jerk. I, uh, I won't um, do I mean, it. I picked Buffalo. You okay. know. All right. Very good. <laughs> Terrific. Coming up in hour number three, Steve Aoki. Yeah. And, but coming up next, Ryan Shazier. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steeler organization coming up.